Radio Fanboy Podcast with Bevo. This week on the Radio Fanboy Podcast, we are talking to another Aussie expat, uh, Canada, British Columbia. You'll find this guy in Vancouver at a radio station called Z95.3. It is Matt Sutton. Hello, Matt. How are you? Good. Just another bloody Aussie in this city <laughs> working in radio. But uh, you must be uh, best of mates with... Um, Ronnie Stanton. You know what? I've never seen Ronnie here in Vancouver. Really? I've never caught up with And I also worked on the Sunny Coast when he was there, and I never saw him there either. It's the weirdest thing, but I've caught up with Drex yeah, I was a bunch ask of times. Drex, yeah. um, Alyssa Tebow, who used to work at B105 oh, yes. when I was there, she now works here at CTV. She's a good friend. And uh, I would say Gaundy is my, my new buddy because he's hanging out in Vancouver as well, oh working for the Canucks, the, the hockey team. So Ooh. I actually just came from a party the other night with uh, Alyssa and Gaundy, a what Halloween is, party. What is the. Um, appeal of Canada for Aussies, do you think? I don't know. I don't, like, uh, I, I guess a, a lot of us just try and think, can, can we make it over here? Is what we did in Australia, can that translate to Canada? And, I mean, the answer is yes, obviously. And, you know, a lot of us, I never wanted to stay here as long as I did, and I'm I'm here now. I just, I, I, I'm not sick of it, so I'm still in Vancouver. When we're talking to Drex, he's really picked up the um, Canadian accent. I'm not hearing anything with you, though. What's going on, Matt That's, Sutton? I don't know. I don't know what, like, that, uh, that, I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm just holding on to Australia too much, but <laughs> if I start sounding like this, you let me know. Like, see, I can't even do, I can't even do a fake Canadian accent. I'm no. bad. <laughs> Your interested radio dates back to um, growing up in Sydney and uh, listening to a lot of radio because one of your first starts was um, actually working at Today and, and Triple M there. H- how did it sort of come about for you? I used to actually live uh, in the Shire, God's country, yeah. um, in Cronulla. And the uh, l- guy who lived down the road from me was um, Dan Chalmers, who uh, worked in engineering oh, at Two Day and Triple M. Dan, yeah. Do you know Dan? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was working Brizzy many years ago. Yeah. yeah. He just started um, working in Sydney as an apprentice. And he said, why don't you come in one day and see what it's like? And I had really not that much interest in radio then. And I came in and I was hooked. I, I used to hang out there and, and just go and get McDonald's for people downstairs in Bondi Junction. And I remember doing that for Ronnie Sparks. And then I would hang out and uh, hang out with Jackie O and Ugly Phil and just watch how the, the countdown went, the Hot 30. And then later on it was hanging out um, upstairs at Triple M with John Ratso Kennedy. I used to go up there a fair bit. Um, and I just I just got hooked on that. It's a pretty interesting industry when you uh, think about all the careers that you could do and then there's this fun thing where, you know, people basically get paid to have fun. Um, you ended up getting a job there, though, um, being a producer, um, not long after kind of, you know, being the gopher. Yeah, I was like 16, 17, and they said, do you want to come in and produce on the weekends? And I was like, what was that? And it's like, well, basically, you just got to get winner's details. So I, I did that. Um, and yeah, I graduated, uh, did my HSC, and I didn't really, I didn't actually want to go into radio. I didn't, I just kind of enjoyed it so much. Started doing some community radio at Two SR, which is um, in Sydney, and then thought, oh, you know, maybe I could get a job doing this, and started like sending out air checks and do, doing all that kind of stuff. So I accidentally fell into it, and obviously loved it. So where was the first on-air gig then? Uh, at Eagle FM in Goulburn. Oh, yes, I, the old um, Capital Radio Network. You got to meet Kevin Blyton, the man. Exactly. And Steve Swadling was down there when I joined, and I sent an air check to Don Dawkins, who I think is still actually with Capital, only recently retired. Yep. 
Um, so, I, yeah, I went down there for six months, hosted the Hot 20 Countdown, which was perfect because I just turned 18, so I was basically speaking to kids my same age. Yeah, I think when I was at um, 2XL, this was before the Eagle, um, it was the Hot 30, so that was kind of 90s. So was it early 2000s that you started there? Yeah, I was on air. Uh, I was actually doing nights when Y2K was going to hit. I remember the, oh, the tech yes. telling us, like, uh, what, when it hits midnight, like, you know, the station might go off air. We might lose electricity. We've got the generator ready. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, just going into 2000. What were your memories going from the biggest city in Australia to one of the um, smaller regional towns of New South Wales? Was there a bit of an adjustment that you recall? Um, well, I remember hanging out with The Rubber Room, and that was one of my favourite shows that I listened to in Sydney with um, John Kennedy and Death Boy, who was the producer for the show, and it was just so loose. Like anything happened in that radio station. I remember John Kennedy would turn up with a six pack of beer and just like start drinking them as soon as he was on air. <laughs> and the, you know, the calls would go live and people would swear and it like, it was madness. And then you, you know, you move into the country and you're like, Oh, I can't, I can't do that here. Like drinking on air. That's probably not something I'm, I'm I can get away with here. So you have to kind of tone down the expectations a little bit. What about the actual town though? The, the, the country folk, um, did you have a local that you used to go to when you're in Goulburn? Uh, well, I just turned 18, so I think I went everywhere. Um, every nightclub, every bar, like it was a great place to be for like six months. And then after that, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of over this. I'm, I'm sick of going out listening to Copperhead Road and, <laughs> and Chisel and Shania Twain every night. <laughs> You know? And what did you end up uh, doing after that? You, you're sending more tapes out? You said, um, they always say in country radio, the day you start is the day that you want to leave. So you start um, sending tapes out um, and, and obviously working on that. Where was your next stop um, after Goulburn? I just sent my tape to anywhere that was bigger. Um, and the first, I think the first place that got back to me was Dubbo. So I went out to the Central West and I was on Zoo FM. Um, I think, I, yeah, I started doing Drive and then did breakfast there for two years, two, three years. Did you become like a zoo ambassador and did you go out to the Western Plains Zoo and do all that sort of stuff where you, you're like the the place where everyone wanted to get free passes to the zoo when they came out? Exactly. I think, yeah, every time the family would come out, we'd, we'd constantly go back to the zoo. I mean, Dubbo was a fun place. Like, it was really cool to hang out and you, you learn stuff in those markets that you, you can't learn anywhere else, you know? And you learn the importance of hanging out with listeners, impacting people, and, you know, just having fun, you know? What are some other lessons that you learnt um, in your early days of radio? You're talking about making an impact on listeners. Like, give us an example on, on something that might include. Well, in markets like that, I think the, the talkability factor is so great. Like, if you do something, people are going to talk about it. So I think that's half the thing is to just come up with an idea and run with it and you're going to learn what works and you're going to learn what doesn't. And, you know, in a lot of those smaller markets, you don't really have PDs who keep track of you or give you ideas. Most of the feedback I got was from just sending air checks to bigger markets and they'd call up and go, oh, man, I don't know why you did this. Or, <laughs> oh, that, that's a great idea. Where did you steal that from? It's like, oh, no, I came up with that. That's, Yeah. From Dubbo, I went to the Gold Coast. I had a job, uh, Ross Turner heard my air check and I was the anchor uh, with Gailey and Moira in the morning um, doing, doing the breakfast show there for a couple of years. How is that different to being like a jock on air, being the anchor that's kind of like doing the, the top and tail of, of breaks yeah. and teasing what's coming up and that sort of thing? Was that another adjustment, another um, skill set to learn in the, 
the the bank of tricks? Honestly, that was really hard for me. Going from doing uh, a breakfast show where you're doing a lot of the content and then I was just an anchor there. There was no content coming from me. And I thought I would like that gig because it was a much bigger town to go from Dubbo to the Gold Coast um, and to be involved with ratings and all that kind of stuff. But um, I think after six months of doing that, I was like, I got to get back to a job where I can where I can do some content. And then um, I I got a job down in Hobart and went down to CFM down there. Gold Coast, nice yeah. sunny weather down to the Arctic waters of um, Hobart um, and in that, Tasmania. <laughs> honestly, when I arrived at... When I arrived at that station, it was pumping because Mitch Braun was there, and oh, he was back in those days. Right? No, okay. he sorry, he had just left, and he that station was crushing it. Yeah. Like he went down there as a PD, and I don't know if he ever stopped working when he was there because it sounded so good and so tight. And I loved that market. That was a really great place to work um, in Hobart. I, I think I did some of my my kind of best stuff there, and Jason Stavely. Um, grew up down there and he was traveling i think he was visiting some relatives in hobart heard me on the radio and just contacted me out of the blue saying would you be interested to go to nova in adelaide it's we're just launching in a couple of months um but we've probably got a gig in like six months time and i was like yep let's go yeah that's very exciting to be part of a brand new radio station in a a totally different market i mean you've been in queensland you've been in new south wales uh then of course tasmania and and now at this stage it was adelaide um what was one of the first things you noticed about coming into Adelaide that was different to everywhere else you'd been? Uh, probably everything. <laughs> and Adelaide is was so different to every other city that I'd been to. It was like, oh, wow, okay, I can't talk about NRL. I, okay, I've got to decide, am I a Port fan? Am I a Crows fan? Um, just the lingo is totally different down there. You know, it's dance, it's not dance. Oh, yes. So I, w- I was pulled up on that. Obviously, it was a huge radio station. And they were expecting um, a lot because they just launched. And I think I joined like six months after they launched or eight months. Who was who was on air at that stage? Uh, you had Fitzy on air. He was also on air with uh, Lisa, I think, was in the morning show at that time. Uh, you had Jules as well, Julian Moclair. and oh, yeah, yeah the, P- the Flying Squad days. Yep. yep. So it was a... Pleasure to work uh, with him. And then alongside him, you had Jason Stavely, who was the PD. Paul Bartlett was the GM. And Jackie Kosolke was doing music. Yeah, that's right. Hayden Else was also on there, on air there as well. Oh, that was a really oh. fun team. <laughs> and Scott Menz as well in production. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, there's so it was a, a great few people crew. that have um, transitioned from production into programming of late. It's, it's kind of cool seeing that, um, that you know, behind the scenes um, – you know, working with um, computers and editing audio to actually running the radio station. It's a, it's a good skill set to have. Exactly. And I think they go in there with a kind of different brain. I remember being on air getting some, like, feedback from uh, Scott Menz. And the feedback that I got was was really, like, different to anything else I'd heard because he was like, oh, have you thought about using this bed? Have you thought about doing this? Have you thought about doing that? From... <laughs> Adelaide ended up in uh, the Sunshine Coast. Yeah, I actually, I wanted to backpack. So I quit Nova after being there for almost two years and I went and backpacked across Canada, which is kind of where that loosely comes into what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I backpacked across Canada and thought, you know what, one day I'm going to come back here. Like I really want to see if the skill set that I have 
in Australia could work in Canada. Um, and I felt better about that because I came back to Australia after backpacking for about 10 months and almost straight away got a job uh, on the Sunshine Coast at, at CFM, um, which was really great. And was that when Ross Turner was there as well? Yep, that was Ross Turner. Um, who was on breakfast when I started there? They, were, like, they went through a transition of just so many breakfast shows. Oh, yeah, Honor Brad Mack, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and Mark Doreen, actually, who I used to work with um, at the Eagle in Goulburn for a split second before he left, obviously, is still there and was there. What are your memories of working on the sunny coast? I love the sunny coast. It's just such a great... Well, you worked on the sunny coast, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't think I ever saw you there. Did, did, did we run into each other or not? <sighs> I don't think so, no. I mean, you were the enemy. You were there with <laughs> what? <laughs> Kai, what? Kai Tucker, who um, is in Vancouver now, he would have been working there. Ronnie, who's in Vancouver, after really? that, maybe. Yeah, that's going back a bit now. It's hard to jog the memory. Your memory's more, a lot more fresh than mine, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I love the sunny coast. That was a great place to to work. But, I mean, it was also kind of a little bit frustrating because Brisbane is right there. Ah. And back then it was like, obviously Hamish and Andy were crushing it. It's like, it's right there. It's right. Should I go? Should I go to Brisbane? Should I go? Should I go? And then I ended up, you know, leaving to go down the road to Brisbane. And and did it make it easier that you're all part of the same network at that stage? SEA, obviously at that stage, owned C and Mix FM. Did that help you um, get down to Brizzy Town? Uh, I don't know. I think because... There was probably some disconnection back then because it was all new. So I think metro stations were kind of distancing themselves a lot from, you know, the small regionals. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, definitely my connection kind of with Mitch had always been there loosely because of the Hobart, but I really respected him. So I used to send him like tapes and stuff out of the blue and say, hey, what do you think? What do you think? And then eventually something came up that suited, which was mornings and operations uh, at B105, so that when that came up, I yeah, I, I jumped at it. I thought, oh, let's just let's just give us give this a go and see what happens. You must have loved coming back to another metro station, obviously um, with Adelaide under your belt, and now Brisbane. It feels like you've almost conquered the southeast Queensland corner with all your radio stations that you'd been on. <laughs> I mean, two very different markets, though. Yeah, like especially the sunny coast. It was all pretty laid back, pretty fun. You can kind of do whatever you want, and then you know you're off to Brisbane, and it's consultants and ESP in there and dealing with working alongside like CB and, and DB back then. It's like, wow, okay, I've got to, I've got to go to this extra level, which was, you know, really challenging, but at the same time, so rewarding to work alongside people who, you know, they wanted to end up in Sydney. They wanted to crush it. Like Kerry Martin was there when I joined, uh, Totters, Ryan Totters, um, it was fun. It was then that you decided to um, do a bit of lecturing on the side too with Aftus? Yes. Uh, I did a couple of weekend courses there. Uh, uh, they kind of reached out and said, do you want to um, you know, come in on the weekend and talk about radio and what people need to learn in real life? Uh, because the person that was doing it at that time hadn't really worked in radio for a long time. So it was cool to kind of go in there and go, okay, this is how um, – you relate to listeners more. This is what you've got to do. Like, okay, if you want to uh, talk about something local, then you need an angle. You need, to, you know, you need to f finish on a high. Just kind of constructing breaks. It's something that if you're in radio, you don't really think about it as much anymore. And it, it's good to kind of go back to that learning experience where you can 
actually dissect what we do every day and go, oh, okay, I, this, this requires a bit of learning, you know? I don't actually remember um, after being in Brisbane or was it like a, a remote thing that you had to do? It was uh, like a little remote campus. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Um, and where did they have that set up? May, I think it was near Bowen, oh, Bowen right. Hills maybe. Yep. Kind of near Nova around that area oh, where, okay. where their offices were. And did you have to like, I don't know, do a crash course on how to become a teacher or was it just basically partying with your knowledge or did you have to team up with other lecturers and kind of learn how to, you know, educate? Um, it was a bit of learning on the job. I remember they sent me this big manual of like, here's the course and, and come in tomorrow. And it's like, okay, I've never done this before, but I'm going to try and explain it. And I remember sometimes they would throw to me, uh, talking about technical stuff like, um, you know, here's the on-air system that you use and then, you, you know, you record calls on Vox Pro or whatever. And this is how it all kind of works together. Then they'd randomly throw to me and I'd, you know, it was kind of throwing me in the deep end having to talk about all this technical stuff. And I'm like, man, you know, I just, I don't know. I just walk in the studio and it works. I don't, I don't know how it connects behind, you know, like whatever. That would have been my um, play on words and I would have basically made stuff up on the fly and really creative stories and just take people for a ride. Would have been a lot of yeah, and I, I think there was another course where they're like, "Well, how do you how do you warm up before you go into the uh, the studio or the voiceover booth?" And I'm like, "I'm like, should I make something up here? Yeah. You know, I've, I've walked in hungover sometimes. I yeah. warm up. What? Yeah, I, you know, I have a can of coke. I don't know. Like, yeah. don't overthink it too much. <laughs> exactly. So it sounds like you had a bit of fun in the southeast corner there, big on a five, working with the Australian Film Television Radio School, and you mentioned earlier. Um, you had a bit of a break from radio and you did a bit of backpacking around Canada and it sounded like your next step in your career paid off by um, going to work in um, British Columbia. Yeah, I. Um, it was weird. I came back over here on a holiday to Toronto, which I'd never been to before, and I thought, you know what, maybe I'll just see if I can speak to some PDs and just get some advice or whatever. Just thinking, you know, it's this bug in the back of my head. I just want to see whether I could possibly get a job here. So I sent out a bunch of emails to I th like the four biggest group PDs um, in Canada that were based in Toronto. Like, hey, I'm in town for a couple of days. I don't know whether you have time for a quick beer. I'd just love to pick your brain about it. Thinking that no one will get back to me because these people are way too busy. They don't have time for someone from Australia, whatever. Um and they all got back to me. Oh, so wow. I met up with these three group PDs. I was supposed to be here on a holiday enjoying myself. I'm uh, annoying my partner at the time going to these um, meetings with these PDs just talking about life in Canada. And all but one of them came back and said, you know what? Yeah, if you really wanted to work here, you could. So I went back to Australia thinking, you know what? Maybe 10 years down the line. You know, maybe when my radio career peaks or whatever or everyone's sick of me, I'll just reach out and take a job in Canada. But it didn't work out like that. Six months later, um, I got a job offer to work uh, a breakfast show in Winnipeg at a station that had just launched. And I remember getting that call going, Am I, do I want to go now? Like, is this like, I'm at <laughs> B105. I'm loving it here. Like Mickey Mara just started as PD. Like it was, it was fun times and I love Brisbane. And then I thought, you know what? I don't want this. I don't want this thing to be the thing that I always regret. So I'm gonna. I'm, I'll just see what it's like. I mean, it's a new station. They're probably gonna hate me. They're gonna be weirded out by the accent. I'll probably last six months. Then I'll come back to Brisbane or wherever. Um, so I packed it up 
it was I, the day I left Brisbane. It was middle of a heat wave. It was 2013. It was 42 degrees when I left Brisbane Airport. I got on the plane wearing board shorts and a t-shirt. <laughs> arrived uh, like at midnight in Winnipeg by the time I got there, and it's obviously the, the middle of winter over here. I landed, and the wind chill in Winnipeg was minus 40. Ooh. It was a difference of 80 degrees going from Australia to Canada that day. And I remember the program director in Winnipeg picking me up from the airport and I've got all this luggage. I'm wearing board shorts and a T-shirt. And he is just like, what the hell are you doing? Like just shaking his head going, who, who is this guy? Does he not know like where he's coming to? Like, oh, wow. <laughs> oh, the adjustment. And I bet you didn't really have much of a winter wardrobe when you went there. No. Like, I, yeah, I had nothing. Like, I was, I was walking around in knee-deep slow snow wearing, like, Converse All-Stars and, like, well, you, you just don't have that in Brisbane, right? Like, no. it's cold in Brisbane because it's 10 degrees. The station was Fresh FM. Um, you, were, you were doing breakfast. Did you have a co-host at that stage or was it uh, just a solo breakfast show? Um, I thought I'd had a co-host. I would have a co-host. Then I rocked up and I, f- I figured out that they hadn't figured out who that was yet and they kind oh, of right. wanted, wanted some input. So we demoed a few people and then... Um, uh, we got someone called Jennifer David who had um, grown up, worked all her life in Winnipeg, which was great because that was a good balance for me, obviously sounding like I just got off the plane, which I did, yeah. uh, to have someone kind of local. And we started off that show doing, um, what was it? Uh, Make Matt a Winnipegger was the promotion. <laughs> so every day I would have to go out and do something Winnipeg until the audience in, in Winnipeg to prove I'm a Winnipegger until the audience said that I could be a Winnipegger, um, which I really like because it's like you've got to prove yourself. So I would go to a hockey game. I had to go and shovel snow. I had to go to one of the fast food places. I had to do some work experience with the mayor one day. Um, I had to go to the local football side, like stuff like that. Um, That went on for for a couple of months, which was great. And yeah, a really great way to get out and just bust my ass and, and get into that community as fast as I could. How does Canadian radio differ to Australian radio, do you think? Is is it a totally different audience, a different format? Well, there's so many stations here, right? Like in Vancouver at the moment, there's, what, like 14 commercial radio stations? And I mean, the, the market size is, what, three or four million? Yeah. Uh, in Winnipeg, the market size under a million, same amount of radio stations. Oh You've got God. 14 commercial radio stations kind of battling it out. Like it's oversaturated to the point there's probably like, Three or four rock stations in Winnipeg, you know, three or four pop stations. Like you're battling it out for these tiny scraps, and there's not much um, like market share between stations. And along with that, not much budget either. You know, it's not it's not like Brisbane where you go on B105 and you know it's like you listen to B105 or Nova, and that's kind of it when it comes to pop music yeah. or top forty. Whereas in Winnipeg, there's so many choices. So. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's there's not much budget there. You're not doing like promotions that have huge amounts of money. I, in fact, I don't think we did any big ratings promos with money on Fresh. They, it just wasn't the money for it. I, I think they kind of thought they threw they throw this guy on that has a weird accent and maybe people <laughs> people will flock to him because it's a point of difference, right? And it didn't kind of work out like that. Who was the first Australian? Do you think to get onto Canadian radio? Was it Kai Ronnie? Drex? Was it uh, or was it Drex? Because Drex was on air in Victoria, which is uh, the capital of British Columbia. Oh right. I think it might have been on air, maybe. Uh, God, yeah, I think maybe 
Drex by a little bit. Or, okay. yeah, it might have been Kai. And are you in contact uh, with Kai still? Uh, no. We, we used to do this. Uh, we used to call it the Gumleaf Mafia in Vancouver. We oh, would all right. kind of... <laughs> the media gang would catch up and we'd kind of talk. And not, not only radio people, but also like... Um, TV people and newspaper people because there's obviously m- more of more Australians in that I- yeah. in that area here as well. Okay. Um, yeah. So the last time I saw him, he was there and he was also working. He did the same shift that I did. We we were both on drive. Yeah. Um, and now he's kind of like a he's a an influencer. He's a uh, selling uh, kids gear, yeah, kids right. clothing. Okay. There you go. It's a small world, and it's interesting to see how everyone branches out with the gum leaf mafia. It's uh, so small. And you know who is consulting for our uh, company right now, Stingray, right. is uh, C- is CB, of Craig Bruce. <laughs> Very small so world. It's they, like, love, they love the Aussies. Right. It's, it's, <laughs> like you didn't, it's like you didn't piss anyone off because I left SCA when, when Craig Bruce was there and then come over here and uh, he pops up again. Oh, you, like, <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed that. No. <laughs> So your role now is at Stingray Z ninety five point three of Drive Show announcer. Do you do you like doing the Drive Show as opposed to Brecky? Uh, you're not missing those early starts at all, eh? I'd love the Drive Show because people are just in such a good mood, right? Especially this city as well. Like um, like during winter, it gets dark very early here. Um, so I mean, like how early? This, how early does it get dark? Um. I think the sun would set next week around about 4.20. Yeah, right. Wow. So so if you're doing morning radio here, you're kind of like a vampire because uh-huh. obviously you drive in and it's dark. It's yeah. you, you go home, you wake up and it's dark. It's yeah. yeah, it's it's tough to get used to, especially for Aussies because we're used to hanging out in the sun. Yeah. Here um here the like the winters can be long and dark and rainy, so I really like the drive shift because you know, people are in a good mood. It's everyone's headed home. People are driving to the hockey or whatever, and uh, it's it's a really fun shift to do. Stingray, I recognise that logo here in Australia because we've got some Foxtel music channels which are branded yes. Stingrays. It's the same company, is it? Yes, they're going to take over the world. I think. Wow, interesting. And there was another company in Sydney they took over, which was um, SBA Music, a subscription CD service for DJs. So that's also interesting how that's worked out as well. Yeah, they managed to uh, accumulate a lot more radio stations within the, within the last couple of years as well. And I think they, uh, they're doing a lot more in the US as well when it comes to like video on demand and live concerts and all that kind of stuff. So, what, what's, what's the origin of Stingray? Do you know? Do you know which uh, country it originated in? So Montreal. Montreal, from, uh, okay. Quebec, yeah. And, and you've been there for like oh, almost coming up to a decade now, seven years. Um, that makes almost, me sound old, doesn't it? I oh, know. <laughs> You've you've had your thirtieth birthday, haven't you, Matt? <laughs> I <laughs> yeah, I've had another birthday as well. But let's not talk about that. <laughs> Sounds like you're loving life there in um, British Columbia, Vancouver, Canada. Any plans to return back to Oz in the near future? You know what? I would yeah, if the right opportunity comes back for sure. And I I you know I probably said that like two or three years ago. I probably said that five years ago. I, I don't know. I just love what I'm doing here so much. Yeah. So, I mean, it's hard to to look past that when you just love what you're doing every afternoon. I love getting out there. I love doing uh, OBs that will do it, fireworks. And we try and get out, out into the community as much as we can. And the team that I work with here is amazing. So, it's, yeah, it's tough when, you know, that's all going well. But, I mean, one day, yeah, maybe. maybe or maybe I'll get an accent 
uh, like Drax and uh, I'll never be able to go back to Australia because people won't think I'm Australian. Being a an, a, f- a former Aussie um, now in, a, uh, in Canada, do you tune into Australian radio? What are you, what are you enjoying um, when you tune in on the, the streaming services? I still have listener over here, so I listen a lot to Hamish and Andy. Um, so I love what they do. I, it's hard with the hours to listen to anything live, so I'm, I'm probably restricted more to like uh, podcasts and stuff like that. But I mean... I ask anyone who's going overseas from Australia and, you know, Australians do the best radio, like hands down. I, I know like when I was in Australia, I used to idolize what was going on in the US a lot, but, you know, you live over here, you hear that a lot more. I think the best radio honestly comes from Australia. I think, I don't tell Canadians this, but the best talent also comes from Australia as well, it's like based on what I'm hearing. Yeah, I remember listening to Craig Bruce's podcast and he, he said a very similar thing, talking about, you know, Australians do the best radio in the world. And a lot of people didn't believe it, but if he's saying it, it it's got to be true. It, it's, it is. It's the most creative. It's the most out there. The, 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 the amount of thought that goes into radio in Australia, the amount of work that happens behind the scenes. Um, like, I don't think you can really compare it to that many other countries i mean I've, I've never lived in the uk and i haven't listened to a lot of radio in the uk man maybe that's different but um for sure australian radio is is the best in the world i think matt sutton from z 95.3 thank you so much for joining us on the radio fanboy podcast it's been good thank you for having me on and uh come come to canada let's we need more australians here to take over dominate Radio Fanboy Podcast with Bevo. Follow now on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Lee Bevington Media, voiceovers and on-air talent for radio, television and podcasts.